It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. A um, rounder, more pointy version of the Touchline Media Group because it's almost exclusively about football and no football this week. And we're heading into a two-week international break, which is going to be, um, you know, that actually is makes our podcast much more popular for looking at pure download <laughs> numbers. Uh, I am your host, Napoleon Gregg. I am taking over this week because uh, our dear leader, Twiggy, has to take care of his, the niches. So uh, he can't be here, but I think he is secretly listening in on all of us. What is a niche, Stump? A niche is the opposite of a nephew. Of a nephew. What's a nephew? I think it's a funny way of saying nephew. (laughs) That we clarify that for everyone. Is that a good start? Uh, A niche is a 20-year-old joke reference to Boy Meets World, whereby Eric solely refers to his nieces as niches uh, that Twiggy and I have been carrying on for 20 years because, uh, again... As we told Josh earlier this week, popular culture, uh, we consume too much of it, and it is to our detriment. Um, <laughs> this episode is brought to you by the Smith Workforce Management Group, whoever Blue Wire decides to put in, and Paramount Plus, who, where you can watch all of the fun action of the Champions League over the next, I don't know, seven months. I don't know how to read a calendar. Uh, I am joined by our usual uh college football weekend crew mr josh benenock uh resident baylor fan and mr angus 
over there in DC who is uh, still a happy M fan because M played UConn this week, and there is almost absolutely nothing to talk about in that game. Uh, can we spend like a majority of this just making fun of Michigan State because Swig's not here? Yes, please. we. I mean, we can. Uh, I think. <laughs> I do. I think you're overreacting to that loss based on how good Washington looked and Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. Michigan State secondary is complete trash. And they look like garbage. J.J. McCarthy and C.J. Stroud are going to do horrible, horrible things to that secondary. Uh, but other than that, let me Google Michigan State's Michigan State football schedule because I want to see if there's any – like Michigan State's lucky that they play in the Big Ten because realistically speaking, that means you only have to play three quarterbacks a year. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to play C.J., they have to play yeah. JJ. Yeah. Uh, and they have to play uh, the other tag of Viola. Mm. Tolu- What's his name? Talua? Uh, Talia. 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 Yeah. Uh, they miss Aiden O'Connell this year, which is good because, like, that is the four quarterbacks in the Big Ten. To be fair to Michigan State, uh, quarterback play in general in college football this year hasn't exactly been stellar. That too. Uh, that secondary. Jo- Josh, did you watch part? Did you watch any of that game? Uh, uh, I, I saw. I saw a little bit of it, and yeah, the blown coverages were pretty. Clear. Blown coverages were really <laughs> were bad. Glaring. Oh my! There was God. at least there was like six or seven passes where the wide receiver was wide. the only guy within ten yards, and I mean, one yeah. of them was definitely somebody fell down on one of the uh, long passes. So, like, there's nothing you can real like that happens. There's nothing you can really do about that. But everything else was just like, shouldn't shouldn't somebody be covering that guy? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I had a hard time. I had a hard time, uh, like, accepting or really like you know like trying to understand if it was like me underrating how good Washington is or overrating how good I thought Michigan State. Was. Right. So I think it's a little bit of both. <laughs> it's a little the bit of secondary. Both. The secondary was bad. But let's talk about Michigan State rushing for a second <laughs> and how much like also and bad. just the, the, the amount that like we overestimated uh, Tucker hitting the lottery with Kenneth Walker last year. They, like that rushing is not good. Like Jalen Berger was not that good for for Wisconsin last year. And there's like a reason that he transferred 13 carries, 27 yards, 2.1 average. Yeah, that's that not is, good. Bad. Especially Bad. when that's supposed to be your bread and butter and Peyton Thorne is supposed to be like yeah. the wild card. Uh, yeah. yeah, that wasn't very good. But I mean, and so, and, I'm pointing but at the I numbers. Think, uh, but everybody's still, okay, everybody's still overreacting though because Washington, at the very least, Washington's offense, the DeBoer offense, like that was always going to score points. He, that's like the only thing he did at Fresno State is score points. Like, yeah. Washington is going to average 40 points a game this year, especially considering they're in the Pac-12. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's also very funny that Michigan State hasn't beaten a Pac-12 opponent on the road since 1957, uh, <laughs> which is just like – That's crazy. I mean, if you're going to do that, why not just schedule mid, like mid-2010s Oregon State in Corvallis, get that off the books, put up <laughs> you know, like 40 on them and get, get that over with. 
Uh, yeah. Otherwise, like you're just playing with a giant chain around your neck, like a monkey on your back. There was there was no reason to to play that game. I. So what do you think Michigan's rushing numbers were last year against Washington? It doesn't matter. It's a different team entirely. I, I don't Washington, think it matters that much. Washington's program transferred like 30 something percent in. It is a huh. entirely new program because yeah. DeBoer, yeah, DeBoer came up from Fresno state and brought his offense, yeah. not like a player. He brought his offense. All right. So it's what like the Colorado State coach did from Nevada to to Colorado State. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. So All right. like well. so comparing Michigan last year to Michigan State this year versus Wisconsin is not a fair Washington. Uh, compare what I say. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's not a fair comparison. I do think it is fair to look at what at Michigan State secondary last year and then look at Michigan State secondary this year and be like, well, okay, there should like, yeah, we should have seen some improvement here. (laughs) (laughs) Scotty Hazleton should not be long for that job if he's going to do that. Like, I guess we honestly, if if Maryland does that to them in two weeks, like, yeah, Maryland. Like a, that's all that Maryland does. They only that they just pass. They pass. pass yeah, pass. I think that's they're gonna. I think they'll do. lose to Maryland. So do, uh, yeah, do you guys that's a loss? Do you guys think that it's like personnel that's the issue, or like coaching, or a bit of both? A little because, bit. Like, so when, when I see when I see like blown coverages like that, like you know, you could say okay, well, like you know, the receiver is better, and like you know, he beat him, he beat the man, but some of that also screams coaching. Like, you know, no, getting the guys is, in the right position. It is coaching because, and I mean, you know more about this than I do, but like, I, I don't know. Michigan has like covered some, for some like really bad corners over the past, I don't know, basically since Harbaugh has come in, usually they'll have like one really good corner and then like one mediocre and one that's like really shouldn't be there, but like they roll with him anyways. Um and they just like put the guy in the position to succeed until they get to Ohio State, and then that guy gets torched um, because there's like there's nothing that you can do around that, right? Because they always have yeah. like a million wide receivers. They like it. It sounds like State's just like not putting them in a in a position, and also like I don't know their depth chart very well, but like mm-hmm. if it's for some of them, if it's if it's their second year in the program, like there's no excuse for that. That's coaching. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, no, it's definitely Hazelton. Definitely deserves a it good. Can portion yeah well yeah definitely but he deserves a good portion of the uh the blame he like it always seems that he had he does like a coin flip between man and zone and he always chooses the wrong one the wrong one (laughs) yeah and i mean part of it is definitely um there's been some injuries and even the injuries to like the linebacking core kind of makes a difference because that means they have to like kind of adjust to you know, make up for that. And then with like more safety help in the run game, which then obviously leaves them more valuable for over the top. But like they, uh, Ardry, who was, who's calling that game last night? It wasn't 
It was RG3. It was RG3. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was showing at the early part of the game. He was just like counting out the coverage and saying, okay, now watch Washington do motion at the beginning of this play. You'll see the one wide receiver comes from this side to the other side. And Michigan State, like, does not follow. Correction. No, it, <laughs> they do. But the correction is to have a corner shift onto the tight end and have a linebacker shift over to the wide receiver. And then the wide receiver obviously creates separation against the uh, linebacker. 40 yards down the field it's like wow i wonder how that happened who could have seen this coming it's like well scotty hazelton should have it was it's it's yeah it's it's a combination of uh personnel and coaching and i mean obviously you can't fire a college kid technically uh so somebody's yeah you can you can you can fire only if you're nick saban uh Somebody's gonna have to get fired for this, and it's it's gonna like Scotty Hazelton's gonna get fired. I, I think it was a vast overreaction to like for everybody to be like, "Wow, Mel Tucker owes half his salary to Kenny Walker the third. Like, uh, I, I mean, I, I, again, like I, I think that like he definitely struck gold with with Kenneth Walker. I, oh, there's no there's no question about that. But also, yeah. you have to remember, and we say this all the time on this podcast. You have to remember what the expectations are. When Michigan State pays Mel Tucker $95 million a year, they don't think almost every rational Michigan State fan will tell you, I don't think I'm paying for that to win a national title. I'm paying that to win no less than eight games a year every year and then occasionally mm-hmm. go 10 and 2 or 11 and 1. <laughs> like, it, dude, I grew up a Michigan, I grew up a Michigan State fan. Eight, if we can, if our floor is eight and four, that's gold. That's great. I don't give a, I don't give a fuck. You got, you win eight and four and you knock off Michigan or Ohio state or like Penn state. When they get really uppity, you knock them back down a couple of pegs. That's great. That's what, exactly what I want. You're going to lose, you're going to lose some dumb games and there are dumber games that Michigan state can lose this year. Maryland, Maryland, Maryland. Then against Ken DeBoer's offense in seattle at yeah. like whatever 9 p.m eastern yeah. standard time <laughs> all right do you want to talk about do you uh, want to talk about michigan because uh obviously this was the okay this was the uh like the big one for jj mccarthy where jj got handed the keys and yeah, yeah. i i mean like we said last week uh I think that was always what was going to happen. And yeah. Kate well, held on as long as he could. But that person's not here, so we yeah. can, yeah, we can he just knew move he, on with the conversation. He knew he, he knew he was wrong, so he didn't show up to defend his takes again. Yeah, that, that's that's what happened here. That's definitely what <laughs> happened. Right, he's, exactly. hiding. <laughs> he's hiding. He's hiding. He's hiding from the truth. Uh, but yeah, that game was that game was pointless. That game should have never been scheduled. Like uh, scheduling UConn is worse than scheduling like Division two teams at this point. That's like that's just a joke. I mean, it was a, like a literal scheduling error. It, it was a scheduling error <laughs> for some. I like UCLA canceled. That's why UConn was scheduled. But... I was about to say like scheduling <laughs> scheduling error. Like they put in Cincinnati and it auto corrected to Connecticut, and they're just like, yeah, it, fine. Yeah, oops. <laughs> Oh well, I guess this is a W. Hooray! Um, I, 50, I, fifty-nine points. Fifty-nine. There's, I, there's there's not there's no like real takeaways. I mean, uh, McCarthy wasn't perfect like he was last week, which 
was going to happen. I think he made a couple of mistakes here and there. Um, one that like probably would have resulted in like really bad things if he, if they were playing a real team, like he threw blatantly into coverage and it would have been picked off and like potentially a pick six. However, that didn't happen. Um, he made like a couple of other errors here and there in the read option. Again, like that's going to happen. It happens to, like all the best quarterbacks who are running a read option. Um, yeah, but and again, this is really his good. second career start. This is his second yeah. career start. Yeah, like I mean, it was also like 15 for 18 for 200 plus yards. Uh, so that's really good. Uh, I mean, I don't think people are talking about Blake Corum enough. Like he looks, he he looks like he hits. He's hit another another plane from last year, which is yeah. which is Cor- really really exciting. Corum's looked really good. So who yeah. do you think was the harder opponent this week, uh, UConn or Texas State? Josh, your thoughts. <laughs> I think it was Texas State. I, I, I was, yeah, I'm gonna say it probably. I didn't know there is a yeah. Texas State. <laughs> Every combination yeah, of there's... directional and state and Texas you can find. There's like yes. North Texas State. There's a West Texas State. There's a West State Texas. It's all there. It's, it's yeah. all there. Texas is big enough to accommodate for just about all of them too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Josh, do you have any thoughts on the Baylor game? I, you uh, won I mean, by a lot. Yeah, uh, I mean, there, there wasn't like too many takeaways. Um, I will say um, one of the things that, and we've already known this about Baylor uh, since the you know Dave Aranda came in, is that we're a really good defensive team. Um, I I love watching us on defense, honestly. Like as a, especially as a defensive, he's back, a Big Ten fan. Big Ten, yeah. <laughs> I love I just I just love seeing good defense and like we play you like punting too. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I draw the line. Yeah. I, I, we oh, we'll, get, we'll we'll get you at some point. Don't worry about it. Do you, do you, uh, do you, do you fantasize about like uh, um, um, punter uh, punter averages and like the trajectory of the punt and like how it just lands into the uh into yes, the 20 yard line. Yes. Sure do. Yes. <laughs> Also, it it also helps that like it also helps that the punter almost always ends up being the most insane person on the team. Like, look at Miami; they got they got that weirdo from Australia who like legitimately looks like a convict, and you're just kind of like, I'm intrigued. Tell me more. And there was a couple of them. I watched a lot of the the Miami Tamu game last night, and there was a couple of times where the punter, and I know it's like the Australian way of punting, where they like kind of run off to the side and then kick it. But there was a couple of times where it looked like he thought about running. Running. Like he held it a couple of extra steps and I was just like, is he going to? No. All right. But yeah, Texas. (laughs) I mean, Texas state had that, uh, the Hawkins kid, right. Which is Andrew Hawkins's younger brother. Yeah. Um, And he was good. I mean, he had, like, he was like their main guy um, caught like 13 receptions. Yeah. Like a record number of receptions. Um, Something crazy like that. But not enough to you know to really do much um like like i said like defensively we're really solid uh my gripes with baylor is on the offensive side of the ball and specifically like the passing game i think like running the ball we're really good Our offensive line is like excellent um returning a lot of starters and we had this one uh freshman richard reese go for 153 156 yards and three touchdowns and you have a freshman running back doing that, like, you know, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, 
you know, but then, you know, we had our, our passing attack go for 180 in the touchdown and interception. Um, yes, I'm, which, I'm looking at the ESPN, uh, what do you call it, summary. And yeah. uh, you know how it just puts up the, the, the game leader in all of the categories? Uh, uh, Baylor only left, left in one of the three categories. Texas State's quarterback threw for more yards, and yeah. obviously Hawkins had a better game. But that's – I mean, when you have one receiver, you yeah. just kind of throw to him and hope that for good things. Yeah, and, and but that's the thing. Like, I, I – I don't know who that receiver is at Baylor. Like it doesn't see, there doesn't seem to be like one like standout. Cause like in the past, we've always had at least one guy who's like clear of everyone else. And like, okay, like that is the guy, that's the go-to guy. It doesn't seem like we have that at all this year. And uh, I don't know. And I think maybe that might be what's holding like our quarterback back, or maybe it's, you know, the coach is just not really having full trust, uh, 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 of him to you know just really let it go um or a combination of both i don't know but um i personally i would like to see a little more with our passing attack because if we're going to compete in the big 12 and i would hope that that is the goal um for for the team if we're going to compete in the big 12 we need balance on offense we can't just you know run the ball off third and five every time and hope to get something good even if we're averaging you know eight yards a carry i mean like something's so what if get. you could josh does it make you feel better that the big 12 is basically going to become the aac in two years no it does not make me feel good i don't a little bit better <laughs> like it should be you guys in oklahoma state and then like 500 miles of shit dana if Houston can do, I, dude, I can't even track what Dana does half the time. I don't think Dana can track half of what he does, but. They're not uh, even looking that good a prospect now. Did you see they lost to Kansas? Yes. They lost, they but, lost but wait, wait, but Kansas is looking really good. At least the offense is looking really good. Yeah, but there's still Kansas. I know. It's, it's very weird to like say that, but like. I I can't think of anything more indicative of Lance, uh, whatever's Leopold's um, like coaching ability yeah. than Kansas all of a sudden becomes an offensive fire, fire, like a uh, powerhouse yeah. and Buffalo sucks. Completely sucks. <laughs> it's like, Oh, so that was literally just one was, guy. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about some of the other funny games on here? Because there were some good ones. Uh, for whoever thought Nebraska was getting the dead cat bounce, wrong. Very, very wrong. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why anybody would think that Nebraska, after enduring the week that they did, would be like, nah, I'm going to play really hard for Mickey Joseph. Like, no, man. And this only goes, it makes it even funnier that Nebraska thought that they had to fire Scott Frost last week and pay the extra $7.5 million. Like you didn't have to do that, guys. Like you're Mickey Joseph is gonna lose these games just as bad as Scott Frost. Was. Scott Frost. <laughs> like <laughs> you just paid eight million dollars to just make things funnier. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe they thought Mickey Joseph was like Ed Ogeron. Hmm? Call back to USC. Uh, yeah, no, but even but even USC, <laughs> but USC didn't even think Ed Odron was Ed Odron. USC was like surprised when all of that happened, and their first thought was oh, shit, we might have to pay this, this Cajun redneck. <laughs> like, oh, no, I don't want to do that. Did you, have you seen the interview with uh, Coach O talking about getting fired by LSU? 
They told no, him, they're like, yeah, like, we're going to let you go. And he goes, oh, like, he's kind of, like, disappointed. And they're like, yeah, but, you know, your buyout's fully guaranteed. He's like, oh, so you're fighting me for $17 million? Where do you want me to sign and what door do you want me to, like, lead through? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I get $17 million, fine. <laughs> but now he's just hang. I think he's just hanging out in Miami now. Because he was, too. yeah, he was, like, O-line <laughs> coach there. So now he's, like, senior consultant to the O-line. Beautiful coach at, at Miami. That's kind of like the funniest thing about Texas being back after all, like all those Texas back memes, and everything yeah. is that like the defense, the, apparently the easiest way to fix the defense after 10 or 15 years, whatever it's been was just hire Gary Patterson, which <laughs> I could have also told you that's a good way to improve your defense. <laughs> like, I don't know what you guys, what you guys think here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How about Bobby Petrino almost ruining Arkansas's day? That was really funny. Mm. Did you guys see this? I did not. All right. So, obviously, we all know Bobby Petrino is a huge piece of shit. I think that's fairly well known <laughs> at this point. Uh, he's coaching at Missouri State, which I believe is an FCS uh, opponent. And they were uh, leading Arkansas late into the fourth quarter. Like, late. Like, Arkansas finally pulled away on, like, a long run. And then I think it was a punt return for a touchdown. But, like, Bobby Petrino was winning that game very late in that game. And I think the best parts of that were all of the tweets saying, like, oh, Bobby Petrino showing out with his FCS team uh, in the same year that the Auburn job is probably going to become open. This is a perfect marriage of complete dysfunction. Which, <laughs> But that's typically Auburn style, though. Yeah, right? exactly. A, it, exactly. I think, a, I think it's a perfect match. I cannot wait for them to hire Bobby <laughs> Petrino and uh, everybody to be like in two years after Bobby Petrino does all of the Bobby Petrino things, yeah. everybody's going to be like, well, yeah, I, like, obviously, did you not see, <laughs> did you not see the last press conference he had at the division one level? Like, come on guys. <laughs> you should have seen it coming. Yeah. Like he yeah. showed up in a neck brace that he preemptively <laughs> showed up in a neck brace. That's on you guys. <laughs> I love it. I yeah, love it. It was it was so funny. So yeah. funny. I I think we got to talk about the Syracuse Purdue game. Ooh. That that was awesome. I that I, I so I I personally have a like I don't know why I have like a bit of a soft spot for for Purdue yeah. because I just oh, Purdue. they they like are occasionally good. You know they're another smart school. You know like I think <laughs> yeah. it's it's fun. Eh, whatever. Um, but it's, yeah, no, seeing them self-implode against Syracuse was just... All icing. of the Big Ten has this weird, like, paternal instinct with Northwestern, Indiana, and Purdue, like the teams yeah. in the middle of it, because we're all like, you guys are trying really hard. I see that you're trying really hard. I'm so proud of you, and you lost by 30. Yeah, Purdue even hired, like, a nut job for a coach, and he stayed for some reason. <laughs> And, and Purdue, I mean, Purdue does usually come up with fun passing attacks yeah. because they're like, we're going to be down by 30. We have to throw a lot. Let's get Aiden O'Connell, who legitimately looks 40, at least. Yeah. Yeah. He is a he, he might be very odd looking man. And yeah. it's just, it's always funny when, like, like they have him, they had uh, Curtis Painter, who was like the same way. Like, Curtis Painter had a visible paunch. And was still throwing for 350 yards a game. It's like, how are you doing this? 
Uh, Florida, um, Florida was this close to being really funny uh, because they let UCF get out to a no. I'm sorry, USF, which is the worst, the worst one, like the the better one, get out to like I think it was like a 13 point lead or something like that. UF yeah. came storming back, took a 10 point lead, and then almost blew that game, which is hilarious just because uh, Florida refuses to play like intra Florida games for this exact Why? reason. This uh, exact they, reason. Because they, they might lose them. Yeah. Florida does not play <laughs> non conference games outside of the state of Florida and does not like to play uh intra Florida teams. Huh. They don't, I mean they don't have to. I mean, that makes enough sense, I I guess. <laughs> Yeah, because it because it it's bad PR if you lose if if you're the Florida team, um, or the team in Florida and you lose to a smaller team in Florida, it's not it's not a good look. Not but that good. also extends to like they don't they won't play FSU or Miami unless like absolutely forced to. Oh really? I mean, we we play our directional schools just about yearly. I, our directional schools are worse than USF and UCF though usually. Yeah. Maybe not, well, maybe not USF, but but if Florida is Florida, like they think they are Florida, then they shouldn't be afraid to play those schools, right? Of course they should. They're cowards. It's <laughs> about the same. When was the last time Florida been Florida? Florida hasn't been yeah. Florida in a while. Yeah, yeah exactly. So the, so the fear is there. You know who isn't a coward though? It's Paramount Plus. Yeah, for showing all of the Champions League game. Let's hear more from them. Everybody, uh, is this a recorded ad read? It is. UF. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Do it again. No, just keep going. Just keep going. UEFA Champions League Soccer is streaming on Paramount Plus. Nine months of heart stopping, hold your breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams, you'll note not Arsenal, and craziest fan bases across Europe. Watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title, no, against Liverpool, no, Man City, yeah, probably, Chelsea, no, PSG, come on, Barcelona, now you guys are clearly just messing with us, and more, Bayern, in soccer's biggest (laughs) club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time, and extra time. And stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, We'll also note that you can watch Europa League and Conference League on on Paramount+, Plus, but (laughs) they're not going to advertise for that. Golazzo. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Speaking of uh, Miami, though, other Florida teams, I did watch, I watched the vast majority of that Miami-Tamu game because it never got, like, far enough out of hand that it was worth turning off. I always kept thinking Miami was going to, you know, keep coming back. And they didn't, I mean, they missed some kicks, which made it a little bit harder. I think they missed two kicks from in the kids' uh, defense, they were pretty far. They were like high thirties and like forty nine yards or something like that. But I do want to highlight just one statement from the announcers at the end of the second half, where they said something along the lines of, uh, "and <laughs> conservative play call from Josh Gaddis." And I just instantly had like Vietnam style flashbacks, being like, "Oh no, yeah. oh no, 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 no." <laughs> Not not uh, good, man. Nah. Josh Gaddis. Josh Gaddis took the quarterback who at the end of last year was widely considered to be a Heisman uh like contender. He should be a Heisman contender. And I believe he threw for under a hundred or under two hundred yards against a team that lost to App State last week. So uh, Josh Gaddis kind of bad with quarterbacks when he doesn't have someone behind him who's like training the quarterbacks. Hmm. Interesting. Who is Josh Geddes? Miami's uh, offensive coordinator, Josh. and he was the offensive coordinator or co-offensive coordinator at Michigan. And, and boy, did he have an exit from Michigan. Yeah. It was it – was, The uh, rumor was that he, he fancies himself a head coach, and the yeah. rumor was that he was extremely disappointed because Harbaugh threw his weight behind the other – co-offensive coordinator mm. uh, when when everybody thought, if you remember, we actually recorded a podcast on this, when everybody thought Harbaugh was going to the Vikings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. There was like a whole like week thing where like Harbaugh was definitely going to the Vikings, so there was internal struggle between the co-offensive coordinators. Apparently Harbaugh like gave his vote of confidence to the other guy, so yeah. Gas was like, I know we just went to the playoffs and won, you know, the Big Ten for the first time in 20 years, but screw these guys. I'm going down to Miami to play with the contender for the Heisman. And then he's averaging like 187 yards per game. So Yep. 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 Pretty and bad. he just like he he did this in like a not great way. <laughs> he uh turns out, he sent uh, out yeah, Jim Harbaugh he, might not be a people person. <laughs> No, no, Jim Harbaugh is definitely not a people person. He, he probably say. doesn't hire people, people either. Because <laughs> he doesn't know how to, he doesn't know how to like interact with people. No, not at all. That is not something that Jim Harbaugh does. All right. Um, so some, what is, we actually had a lot of really funny, uh, you know, endings to yesterday. Well, so Texas was losing to UTSA at halftime mm. last night. They ended up pulling away. But for a while, it was looking like Texas was about to learn why Florida doesn't schedule interstate (laughs) games as well. Uh, I don't know why. I know we schedule these games so far in advance that, like, we and we really probably shouldn't be doing that. But I don't know why you would look at a team in your own state that, like, is putting up historical offensive numbers and be like, yes, I want to play that small school. (laughs) Like, yeah. 
you can overcome the defense because you're physically better than they are. But like offenses, you can scheme and do weird shit. Yeah. Like don't play, don't play good offense. Don't play Just good don't offenses. do it. Yeah. yeah. Especially, especially if it's non-conference and you're trying to actually, you know, compete for something, get in the playoffs. Um, you want those non-conferences to be, well, depending on your conference, I guess, you know, if you're in yeah. the SEC, you can schedule whoever the hell you want um, in non-conference because, you know, the conference games are going to, you know, vault you up to the top. Uh, but, like, I think the Big 12 is, a, pre- is, is a, a pretty big conference as well, so you don't necessarily have to schedule Alabama to get in national national recognition for a playoff spot. Um, so scheduling, you know, a team like UTSA, who is actually been getting a lot better these, uh, you know, these years and, yeah. and playing very good football, you know, it's like saying, okay, well, yeah, let's schedule Appalachian State. Don't do that. Either. Don't ever. <laughs> don't schedule Dakota. Don't schedule App State. Don't schedule the intra-state rival with a really good offense. Really good offense. Yeah. I'm looking at you, Virginia Tech. <laughs> and Virginia. Don't schedule ODU. Don't schedule James Madison. Schedule Marshall. Look how that turned out for Notre Dame. <laughs> Congrats to Marcus Freeman, who got his first uh, career head coaching win. Win. Barely. <laughs> against Cal. Cal. Yeah, that oh. should have get that game should have went to overtime. Uh, Cal got screwed by home by Notre oh, Dame's wow. home cooking. Yeah, that was bad. How about uh, Wake Forest, who managed to blow, I believe, a twenty-one point lead to Liberty, only to stop them uh, on the I think it was this two-point conversion that, that Wake Forest finally stopped Liberty on and won by a single point at home at in Wake for like in Wake. Or in Winston Salem, so that was great. And then speaking of App State, did you guys watch any of that game? Because that was bonkers. No, I didn't catch it. Okay, no, so they, but I they heard played. About it. They played Troy at home. App State was favored by, I believe, something like fourteen, like two touchdowns. Troy stuck around for a while. It was looking really good. App State started to pull away. Troy came back. Troy took a took the lead, and they had. I want to say they had a four-point lead with, like, 25 seconds to go. They had the ball on their own 20, and it was, like, fourth and whatever, whatever. So Troy's bright idea was to have the quarterback drop back and take the intentional safety. He, he ran out of the end of the end, back of the end zone. They then took the punt, squibbed it to try and run out more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see where this is going. And then App State, App State got the ball at like the 50, and maybe it was their own 40, and they ran a Hail Mary. Uh, App State's quarterback shorted it by about 10 yards, but the giant mess of bodies did not include one of App State's wide receivers who was just kind of standing off to the side. So all of them jump up and kind of like bat it around. And this dude literally just runs like a crossing route at the ba- at the bottom of the pile of bodies, grabs the ball and has wide open turf to run into the end zone. So like, <laughs> I, I haven't checked yet, but I'm assuming Boone, North Carolina was burnt to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I love Boone it. Is, Boone is looking oh like God. the team of destiny. They are. Wow. You know what? Maybe we, 
maybe we should follow their we should follow them just like as a as a pod just follow them the rest of the season well uh, uh, until they unceremoniously unceremoniously lose um but until then they are they are the team of destiny see you're saying that but like see he grew up a michigan fan so that's really (laughs) funny but like every michigan fan who wasn't deeply scarred by that so basically anybody who became a michigan fan like after 2007 kind of like it or the reasonable ones in 2007 adopted app state as being like kind of like uh like our like younger brother program so it's like i really want them to do well because the more they do well the less dumb that game looks in (laughs) retrospect I, I watched that game. That was see, see, we told you so. They're how good. You, how? Oh Wait, my god! You watched the Michigan App State game in 2007. Yes, the, the like the how? one where that was on. That was on Big Ten. It was. It is literally the first game ever televised on Big Ten Network. So most of Michigan did not have. We've told the story before. Yeah, I don't. Think most I was of Michigan did yeah. not have the Big Ten Network yet. So I went out to watch with my dad. Yeah, I didn't watch the game. I didn't watch oh. the game. We started getting like text message updates. Like you need to go to the bar and find this game because Michigan <laughs> yeah. is losing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause, Cause that was, that was, uh, that was when Michigan had uh, Chad Henney at quarterback. Right. And like, uh, was it Chad? I, yeah. That was the yeah. one. Yeah. Was yeah. it Henney or was the guy after? No, it was Chad Henney. Oh, Chad wait. Uh, no, I think Ryan Mallett was supposed to start no. that. Was not Mallet. Mallet was no. It was Henny. Yeah, it was Henny. Mike Hart was running back. Uh, I remember because Michigan was Michigan was like ranked like fourth, fourth, fourth. (laughs) Correct. Correct. Why are we talking about this? Because it's funny. Are you are you okay? Angus is having Angus is now having Vietnam style flashbacks. Like oh no, Uh, there were so many good players on that team. NFL players too, like that team. Yeah, yeah. Who are I think are still like maybe in the league. Yeah. Well, uh, if your entire receiving court decides to get high before the game, like it's gonna that, be a problem. That <laughs> is probably shouldn't do that. Oh, that yeah. was not the, that is, that not, was a story that is not the rumor. That has been confirmed by Greg Matthews. The entire <laughs> oh, receiving core got stoned because they're like, screw it, it's App State. Yeah. Oh my god. All right, Josh. Right. So here's everyone who was on that team of consequence: uh, Chad Henney, Mike Hart, Mike Hart, yeah. uh, Mario Manningham, Manningham. Uh, Adrian Arrington was Jake good Long. for Michigan and like did something in the NFL. Um, he played Jake for the Long. Washington for a while. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, Jake Long, Jake Long, yeah. Um, Brandon Graham was on that team. God, that um, was oh, yeah. That was like the year that Graham got drafted, like 13th too, right? Yeah. No, Graham on, uh, was on a couple of retro teams. That was the year okay. Jake Long got drafted one overall to Miami. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, other names I recognize Morgan Trent's. Uh, I guess that's pretty much it. But yeah. That team was stacked. I, I remember yeah. it too because I was low key because I, I played a lot of like the, the college football it's, video game. And so I was low key. Who didn't? Yeah, I know. So like, I I I kept up with like a lot of like the big schools and stuff, and like Michigan was one, especially like with uh with Chad Haney, Mario Manningham, um like they were just you know int- fun to watch, um but I was not expecting <laughs> I was not expecting that loss. I think um I remember 
uh, Appalachian State's quarterback. I don't remember his first name, but I think his last name was Edwards. And he yeah. went. Avanti. He was like the star. Yeah. yeah. He was the star of that game. Like, yeah, yeah. Avanti Edwards. And then Dennis, I think it was Dennis Dixon the next week with Oregon. Oregon. Uh, yeah. Came in and did the exact same thing. Turns <laughs> out that uh, Michigan just didn't practice against spread offenses until they got nope. their doors blown off by App State and Oregon. They're like, okay, this might be a new trend. We might need to start training for this. <laughs> yeah. This All right. We'll get off this because yeah. you know what else is really funny? Northwestern lost to Southern Illinois. So go Salukis. Uh, we can also, we can just keep running through these. UCLA needed a nine point second half, or I'm sorry, nine point fourth quarter to beat South Alabama. Jeez. Mm, How the mighty What happened I, to that program, man? They're th- excuse you, they're three and oh. That's insane. Wait, is Chip Kelly still the head coach? Yeah. Jeez. Why is Chip Kelly still there? It's UCLA. What are they gonna like? They don't give a fuck about football. Come on, man. <laughs> I I know, but it's still like California. Like they should hypothetically be able to like do something with that program. Yeah. I, UCLA UCLA was actually like I mean really good. Like at least when, when my brother was there, he, they were really good. I mean, They're their offense. Good. Their offense is still like significantly above average it's the whole yeah, defensive, defensive side of the ball yeah. there yeah i so mean like, but that's a that's a uh that's i feel like that's a, a symptom of the pac-12 in general defensively have, have you watched like many pac-12 games like this year yes. defensively they are a it's amazing shambles. it's amazing <laughs> they, they do not yeah. play defense washington family. gave up 28 points to that michigan state team yeah <laughs> i can i agree so what you're saying is dave aranda should just hire chip kelly as his offensive coordinator Hey, you do. I, I, I can't. I can't necessarily. I can't say that on there because I don't I know if you that. like really want that guy as your <laughs> offensive coordinator. Yeah, I don't think yeah. he would ever go back to offensive coordinator anyway. Like yeah, he would I'm just not. disappear and go. He would disappear and like, like Petrino. He would show up at like Missouri State in three years, and they'd be <laughs> averaging like seventy points a game. It's like, how did? All right, whatever. If that's what you, if that's an active retirement for you, good for you. Uh, did Did y'all catch any of the the USC Fresno game? It was like the, it was like one of the later games that uh, that yeah. went on. I did because um, you know uh, Lincoln Riley uh, at USC, so I, I wanted to watch some offense. Check it out, Caleb Williams. And yeah, that's I basically saw like high powered offense, very like not a whole lot of like discipline from Caleb Williams like he holds on to the ball so long yes. and the offensive line is not that great so he was sacked a lot but they have so much offensive talent and he's such a talented quarterback that they overcome it anyways um and but you, defensively they're they're quite bad too yeah, so do you think do you number one do you think that Lincoln Riley is like aware that there's a defensive side of the ball yeah. Based on his time he, at, at Oklahoma and USC. I don't think he's aware. I don't think he really like hired somebody. Yeah. Uh, well, that's the, other, <laughs> that's the other thing. But, like, I think Caleb Williams going from Oklahoma, where you have all of those corn-fed beefcakes on the offensive line, <laughs> yeah. like, going to USC, he's, like, so excited. He's, like, I have NFL talented wide receivers. Like, all three of my wide receivers are going to play in the NFL. Yeah. My running back is probably going to be on, like, a practice squad. And then he, like, looks at the offensive line and he's, like, oh, Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. This could, this could go poorly for me. Uh, what else happened? Oh, OD, uh, 
Old Dominion almost knocked off Virginia too, which would have made them, I believe, legally uh, the champions of Virginia. Of oh, Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin somehow gave up seven to New Mexico State, which more than doubles New Mexico State's season point total. Oh, no. New Mexico State, I believe, had scored eight points through three games, and they scored seven on Wisconsin. Oh, my gosh. That's I mean, it was in, like, the fourth quarter, and Wisconsin still won 66-7. But, like, <laughs> you guys shouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, I think oh, that was God. it for all of the funny. I should have done that. He's just games. a boy. <laughs> I think that's it for all the funny uh, college stuff. There was some funny NFL stuff as well. Uh, did you guys see, number one, the Browns managed to Browns themselves out of out of a game. They lost no, 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 one that, of the you, Jets. You got, that, you got that verbiage all wrong there. The Browns <laughs> Jets themselves and lost yeah, to Jets. the Jets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that game was really dumb. Uh, the Miami-Baltimore yeah. game was insane. Incredible. Uh, yeah, it turns out that, like, if you give even – I mean – we don't need to say Tua's like arm is he doesn't have the strongest arm. That's fine. Yeah. He's accurate and he like you could see at Alabama that he like when he had directions, he could follow them and do well. So it turns <laughs> out when you give that guy an offensive genius like Madden kid, uh, he's gonna score a lot of points. <laughs> and also when you give him Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Yeah. La that was very he, he's he's in he's in Alabama again. He's right back in Alabama, except he doesn't have to talk to Sark anymore, <laughs> which I imagine is awful. <laughs> I, did, I just don't think, I don't think it's like an enjoyable conversation. Enjoyable uh, conversation. Frank Reich might be getting super fired, so that's fun. Mm. He lost yeah. 24-0 to the Jags, uh, which, I mean, my takeaway here is that Urban Meyer did not entirely break Trevor Lawrence. Which is good. Which is good. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Uh, because for I hate I hate Urban Meyer and I like Trevor Lawrence. I'm indifferent to the city of Jacksonville. Uh, I support. Hey, 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 hey. It, it, I, I think this podcast is pro Jacksonville. We're pro right? Jags. I don't know if we're pro Jacksonville. I think we should make. <laughs> I think I think we have to make everybody on the pod. Uh, our first pod retreat is going to be to Jacksonville for a week, and then after that. Then we can formulate a pod stance on whether or not is that is that like just to see who survives? Yes, (laughs) it's Lord, it's Lord of the Flies, but in Jacksonville. (laughs) I just, I don't like it. Wouldn't go well because there's certain like everybody here is has certain societal expectations that Jacksonville just does not conform to. (laughs) I would say a lot of Florida doesn't. Florida does not, despite all of their evangelical beliefs, Florida does not does not believe in a god. Uh, yeah, no, they answer no. to no god. They they live no. by their own set of laws. I don't yeah. like Florida. Florida's the worst. <laughs> Got it, Florida. Uh, and then the last one, I just want to point out because um, you know everybody's been shitting on, but the Lions, Hooray! first time favorites in two years, got a win. And they covered the spread. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. It's against Washington Commanders. While we're trying to tank for Bryce Young. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, but uh, I mean, Sun God, Amon Ra looks really good. Like somebody said this, I think, in one of the chats, but it is it's a war crime that Clay Helton had Amon Ra St. Brown, uh, Drake London, and somebody else, right? They had like three NFL receivers, yeah. and he went seven and five every year. <laughs> yep. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman. Yeah. He had, he had Drake London, Michael Pittman, and Amon St. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. And he went seven and five every year. Sure did. That was great. Crazy. And uh, his the USC quarterbacks from the Clay Helton era are now like there's like six of them, and they're on like six different college football teams. <laughs> Daniels, I think, is in West Virginia, right? Slovis is at Pittsburgh, or I have those backwards. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. And it's funny because like. Because because they were so mediocre at USC, like I didn't even think I didn't even like get much of the hype around them. And now, like you can see that they're actually really talented. They were just held back by her, by yes. helping at USC. It's called the uh, the Justin Jefferson corollary. Like oh oh <laughs> huh? Or oh, actually, Odell Beckham is Odell. really the, like yes. the main one. We're like, he came to the NFL. Everybody's like, no, you guys don't understand. This kid's really talented. We're like, nah, we watched him for three years. Like, he, he wasn't that great. And then, like, you give him not even like a competent quarterback because it was Eli Manning. It's like semi competent. And you're like, <laughs> and he's like, oh my God, this is like the greatest rookie receiver in the history of the NFL. Yeah. Same thing with Justin Jefferson. Like, he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. He doesn't have, you know, Lamar Jackson throwing him the ball. He's got Kirk Cousins. And he is like MVP level at receiver. It's receiver, like, oh, yeah. maybe we should have like recruited a quarterback to LSU. <laughs> but that wouldn't be the first time that LSU has forgotten to recruit a quarterback, and it probably won't be the last. Shout out Brian Kelly. <laughs> I, I can't believe the last good quarterback at LSU was a transfer. And then like before that, who was a good quarterback at LSU? Matt Flynn. Jamarcus. Does that count? That doesn't count. He was, <laughs> I think he was good at LSU. He was. Like, oh, he, how he good? was. He was like, a third round draft pick. Right. He was, he was, he was, well, I would say a lot of that team was carried by the defense. As most yes. LSU te- as most LSU teams. Most Until like 2014. Yeah. <laughs> who's the who's the guy who threw to Odell Beckham and then somehow got that guy like a first round grade? Was it Medenberger? That sounds right. It, it might have been. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. I don't even know who. I don't really. I, I, up until now, I didn't think about like who Odell's uh, college quarterback was. There was a Jefferson yeah. in there for a while too. That's not Justin Jefferson. It's like a different no. Jefferson. Yeah, it's a Jefferson. Yeah. I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He was. In, was he was in the mix. Yeah, he was the one that played uh, against Alabama in the national championship. With yep. That yeah. ugly, that ugly. What was it like nine to seven, or was it like the final score of that? Yes, that was oh, that was horrible. <laughs> was after horrible. after, and the game leading up to that too, right? Was like uh, the game of the year. Like they played earlier that year, and it was amazing. It was like the yeah, I remember oh, that game. SEC, It was the SEC championship. Was it? I thought it was like I just think- the Bama LSU game. No, because they, oh, no, they're you're on right. the same was, side, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah, so it yeah. was yeah, it was just about Bama LSU game, and then uh, Bama won the SEC championship, and then they played again in the national championship, which was wild. 
Yeah. And everyone was like, we don't want a repeat of this game. And they played it anyway. Yeah, because I, if I remember correctly, Alabama lost the regular season matchup. And the worst possible thing you can ever do is motivate Nick Saban. <laughs> yeah. I love a motivated Nick Saban. It's the worst kind of Saban. It's the worst right. kind of Saban. All right. I'd like to thank both of our guests, Mr. Angus and Mr. Josh. For oh, I got a title now. That's great. Shut up, Ang- Shut up, Angus. I feel so. I feel so. Mr. Uh, Stump. Professional. Dr. Stump. Doctor. I don't remember what we say at the end of these, so I'm going to let Ace listen back to this and insert his own closing. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> well, that's our show. Uh, thanks so much to our panelists. Josh, you can find Josh on Twitter at Josh Beninock. Uh, and Angus, you can find Angus on Twitter at Nerd Angus. Uh, special thank you to the host of this episode. Um, Greg, you can find him on uh, Twitter at Mr. Mojo Rising 89 for all of your worst takes about whatever it is they just talked about. Um, you can find me at Diamonds Esquire. Uh, or on the main account at TLS underscore N underscore TDS. Um, special thank you to our sponsors, the Smith Workforce Management Group, Paramount Plus, and whoever Blue Wire decided to put in. Special thank you to uh, Instagram because it exists. And um, uh, obviously, please like, subscribe, share, uh, tell your friends, tell your local Arizona State uh, head coaching applicant because Herm, Herm out. Um, so uh, as always, please, uh, you know, please leave those reviews. We, we, uh, couldn't and wouldn't do this without you. So thanks so much. And we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.